Hello and welcome to another episode of Gary Talks. I'm your host, Gary Kelly of gkmedia.ie and this week I'm joined by Emily Kyo, who is a director of Kyo Accountancy Group in Galway, along with her brilliant business partners, Joe Clancy and Enda Canlan. Emily took over Kyo Accountancy Group a few years ago and it was originally set up by her father, Billy, but sadly, he passed away when Emily was quite young. But Emily grafted and worked hard and in recent years was able to take back ownership of Kyo Accountancy Group along with her partners. Emily joined us on Series 1 and she's back again to provide us with more nuggets of wisdom when it comes to managing your finances properly. Emily talks about the importance of understanding your client's business what sectors have done well and who are struggling at the moment. She talks about finding value in oneself, having a morning routine, the knocks in life which shape us, adapting to new markets and what she is doing to stay ahead of the competition and make Kyo Accountancy Group stand out from the crowd. This is a great podcast to listen to and really helpful for anyone in financial difficulty at the moment or those unsure of the financial horizon for 2023 or those who just want to start off a business or make some changes in their business. I think you'll get a lot of ideas, confidence and practical tips that you can take away from this episode to help you make better financial decisions both in your life and in your business. Sit back, relax and enjoy. This is a GK Media Podcast. Emily Keogh, Director at Keogh Accountancy Group. Thank you for joining us on Gary Talks today. No problem, Gary. Thanks a million for having me. Now, you are well used to doing podcasts because you do a podcast yourself every week. CAG, Making Money Move. Yeah, but it's uh, probably easier being on your side of the desk than mine. (laughs) Well, today anyway. (laughs) You've gotten to interview loads of people in terms of giving advice on pensions and repercussions if you don't play ball with revenue but what I've really loved lately as well is stories from your clients. Yeah like it's really good I think and uh, we love to add value to our services and I think if you can do that you definitely should. If there's a monetary value or not it doesn't matter if somebody benefits from it I think that's the main thing and it's always good to put the information out there so people are aware and we have a great range of clients so it's great to be able to showcase them and show how they went from strength to strength and how they became how successful they are today. Yeah, I think that's one of the really cool things about yourselves at Kyo Accountancy Group because some accountants specialize in certain areas, but you have like a broad range of clients. So you have your, your sole trader up to like your big companies, which is, I suppose, gives you a deeper understanding of what's going on in the market as well. Yeah, we make it our job to get a deeper understanding. I mean, we just don't prepare sets of accounts and numbers and throw them out and say, this is your tax liability. I mean, we go through it, we review it, we bring the client in, we discuss it with them, we make sure they understand exactly what's in their accounts and that they're happy with them. And I think the personal service that we try to deliver goes a long, long way. Some of my clients are my friends, like Joe, we've become great friends over the years and It's great to get to know people and meet different people and see different businesses and see how they grow and see where their weaknesses are and the strengths are. And it gives you a real insight into different sectors in the economy. Yeah. And I've said this before, actually, on another podcast about yourselves, how, you know, talking about that experience that you give your customers and that friendliness. I've been in business for over 20 years and had various accountants working with us. And then when I set up GK Media nearly 10 years ago, it was yourselves 
I started with and remained with and delighted to do so since because of that real personal experience one gets where I don't feel if I send in a query, I'm just getting back a generic response or I'm not hesitant picking up the phone and making a phone call or dropping in unannounced to ask a question. And it's great to get that because as businesses grow in scale, sometimes I think they, they pull away too much from that ground level communication with their customer or client. I think people now have a better understanding that, you know, your relationship with your accountant is very important. I mean, if you want to grow and grow and grow, it's about keeping in contact, running everything by them. Even if you think it's a stupid question, I always say to clients, there are no stupid questions. And we try to remove that stigma that people have about, oh, I have to go into my accountant. Oh, my God, I have to sit down and do the figures. I try to remove all that stigma and Joe, make it more personable. They come in, we have a chat, we sit down. It's a friendly chat. And, you know, if they have issues... I hope that they can come and tell me and that we can prevent something by happening if we're told it beforehand instead of doing it and not letting us know. And then we have a situation where you could have crystallised a tax event that we can't undo. So it's trying to deliver that personal service and also make people feel very welcome in our offices. And we have a great group of people in the office. They're all friendly, like it's a great environment to work in. And, you know, clients are very happy with them. Yeah. So before you buy that yacht or that villa, Oh, I'm a long way off in Eosher Villa. <laughs> no, but for the customers even, talk yeah. to the accountant first. Yes. Well, they do. Like, say if my clients, I always say to them, ring me anytime. Like, they all have our mobile numbers. Anytime, day or night, just call. If they're aiming for something, there is steps. It's not just a linear line. There's steps you have to take to get there. And that's what everything in life, not just accountancy. If you want to get from A to B, A to B might turn out to A to a further A over to B. You know, nothing is straightforward. So if you have someone there who's experienced with you every step of the way, it makes it easier to get there. And you also get a better understanding of why you have to do these things to get where you want to be. And again, you have that experience there in Kill Accountancy Group where someone needs advice on work relation issues or pensions or cash flow or wage slip queries yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's not just accountancy, yeah. it's, it's accounts. So that's the bread and butter of any accountancy practice. But we also have succession planning, employment law, corporate finance. Last week I was doing pension with social welfare. And we could be doing a range of things that basically anything the client needs, we will deliver it to them. It's no problem. When a client comes up to us that they don't feel like they have to go anywhere else because we will take care of it for them. You've just come off what will be like Christmas for retailers. You've just come off your really busy, busy period, and that is doing all the financial returns for directors out there in Ireland. Chaotic period, late nights. Based on the information that you sent back to Revenue, how has the landscape been for Irish businesses in 2021? The landscape varies because the financial information we prepared for this year relates to 2021. Mm. So it varies on a sector by sector basis. So it's amazing to see the strengths of some sectors and some sectors have remained stable and others have just fallen down. If you look at IT, I mean, in 2021, they were very, very strong. Pharmacies were very, very strong. Construction was very, very strong. Even though they had COVID, they were still strong and they're strong again in 2022. In hospitality, they're facing a difficult, difficult time. Not all. Like I always say, you can say generally, it's always a case by case basis. But overall, I mean, staffing's an issue. They don't have the opening hours they used to have. The price of food has gone up so much that they're increasing their prices, which the price of inflation is rising, but wages are not rising Mm -hmm. to that level. So people aren't going out to eat as much anymore. 
So it's all about thinking outside the box. So if clients come to us in hospitality, like we look at the overheads, what days are quiet? Should you open five days a week? Should you open seven days a week? Should you open just evenings? Should you not do breakfast, just lunch and dinner? There's ways around it. You can structure a business model to break even or make money. But I always say you shouldn't be trading to be trading at a loss. Yeah. But like there's one restaurant I know and their trading hours nearly changing on a weekly basis. They're probably trying to figure out their footfall but it's seasonal as well but it's also what's going on at the moment seems to be happening on a constant basis and I fear that from an outsider point of view doing things like that it's not good when you become unreliable so if someone says oh let's go to Joe Bloggs restaurant it's always open on a Friday and we'll do brunch there one o'clock and then suddenly it's closed, but it's open again two weeks later, but then it's closed again. And No, businesses should always drive for consistency, not perfection, but consistency. So you need to have consistency within your business model. If you don't, you will feel that people won't have any trust in you because they don't know where they stand. So if a client comes to us, we always aim for consistency in their business model that their customers or consumers will know exactly when they're open, know exactly when they're closed. It's full transparency. Prices are full transparency. I mean, people like that. Hmm. You find clients, Joe, they're, they have a fear of increasing their prices. But I say to them, but if you're transparent about it, if you explain why and be honest about why you're doing it, people value that transparency and they value that honesty. And you were saying there that it's hard to go out for dinner now, you know, because the cost of inflation and wages haven't risen. And when I was out recently, there was a stake on the menu for over 40 euro, which I couldn't believe considering we were just in Galway, we weren't in Cannes or anything like that. But we see now in January, this is going to affect a lot of businesses. The national minimum wage is increasing again. So for any adult 20 years of age or above, the new national minimum wage per hour is 11 euro and 30 cent. Yeah, and I think that's fair. The wages of this country need to go up. I mean, 11 euro 30 cent an hour gross is fair for someone who's 20 years of age. The price of food has gone up, so restaurants have adapted and they've increased their prices. There's a flip to it as well, where during COVID, people weren't spending. So again, it's a case by case basis, but some households did generate a lot of savings which can sustain them through this period. Now, other households wouldn't have, so they're the ones who feel the brunt of this price increases. But the rate of inflation is rising. I don't think Ireland's going to go into a full-on recession. I mean, the UK is practically in one at the moment. I think we'll sustain our way through it. Not saying that everyone won't be affected because they will. Households will probably feel it the most. But I suppose it's where you make a choice. You know, during COVID, we learned a lot. We weren't able to go anywhere. We weren't spending money. We kind of figured out, okay, I don't really need this or I don't need to do this every week or I didn't need to buy that. And some people have brought that lesson with them to right throughout to today. So when people go out now for a night out or for dinner, they know the price. They know it's not cheap. Yeah. So anymore, it's a conscious choice. It's not just like four years ago, oh, we'll just go out. It's a conscious choice because you have to budget because that's the economy we're living in at the moment. But by raising wages, does that not lead to increasing inflation again? Does not have a knock-on effect, you think? Possibly, Gary, but I think without the wage increases, inflation was going to rise anyway in 2023. So I think something needs to be done to build that gap between the low paid workers and the rise cost of living. Now, the government have put aside four billion in utility households for electricity and heat, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know how far that's going to go. I mean, it only brings us to December Mm. and then we're hitting January 2023 and the hospitality VAT rate is supposed to revert back to 13 and a half 
in February, which again will increase the price of going out and eating and going to hotels, etc. So, yeah, uh, but at the same time, I suppose maybe the government is listening in the sense of the tolls, which were supposed to increase by was it nearly thirty cent a journey, that's now being postponed till July of twenty twenty three instead of January twenty twenty three. So maybe I suppose they're just watching what's going on at the moment and they will postpone certain changes which could have a dramatic effect. But at the same time, everyone's going to be affected by these postponements. The money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, the money has to come from somewhere. And if you look at the history of the Ireland economy anyway, it's very easy to say, but I suppose it is practical that you take the good with the good. You take the the bad with the good. And you're going to have good times and you're going to have bad times. And it's learning from the bad times and the good times that you set yourself up to get through any bad times that are going to be coming. I mean, when things are good, you should be smart. But when things are bad, you should be even smarter. Well said. So national minimum wage goes up in Ireland from the 1st of January 2023. So if someone is on, say, 10 euro 60 an hour in a workplace, they have to go up to 11.30 an hour in the workplace. What if someone is on 11.50 an hour as is? Does their wage have to change no, from the first year? No, minimum wage is 11.30. So it has to be 11.30 is minimum or over. So if you're on 11.50, there, there's no obligation to increase that wage. Are employers expected though? Again, it's a case by case basis. Employers will be expected to do it based on their business model. I mean, if you have staff in there who are experienced that they're on 11.50 and then the minimum wage rises to 11.30, well, then that staff member might very well approach you and ask you for a pay increase. And there is where the employer has to make the decision. Do I want to retain that staff or am I willing to let that staff go elsewhere and get paid what they want to get paid? So again, it's employers having to look at their staff, staff retention, how you retain talent. And if you want to retain talent, usually the way to retain them is by wage increases, along with the good working environment, along with taking care of your staff and along of making sure that their needs are met. And I think it's also very important from a employer's point of view to make sure that their staff are okay inside and outside of work. I mean, we've evolved to a working life where you don't just come in and do your nine to half five. Employers take an interest in their staff. You know, you want to make sure they're okay. You want to make sure they're looked after. You want to make sure it's your responsibility that you are looking after them. They're people, they're humans. They have lives outside of their jobs. And it's very important that employers understand that and take that into account. I mean, people have bad days. People make mistakes. And you just have to be very aware that you don't know what's going on in someone's life outside of work. Mm. So, you take care of your staff from a well-being point of view and a monetary point of view. And I think there's, there should be a balance between both. I mean, if you have staff who's on 11.50, but you can afford to give them a pay increase, but you're, you look after their well-being, that's a, a great plus for the staff member themselves. Yeah, yeah. It seems like scary times where everything is suddenly rising, cost of inflation, possible cost of wages across the board. And I was looking at a documentary the last night with Hector and he was in an Eastern European country might have been Budapest, but the the minimum wage there was four euro something an hour. And you think of, you know, the value you get. And it reminds me of when I went to, we were doing a film shoot over in Stockholm before. And the price of a burger and chips for two of us was like 120 euro. Mm. And it's scary if that's where we're going, I think. Yeah. You know, that we're, it'll nearly become a, a an unlivable place. Like it's difficult at the moment for any young person to go and get a mortgage. Rent is excessively high and then it's hard to get a mortgage with the cost of houses. I just fear, are we 
create more long-term problems at the moment in stoking the fire and raising inflation. And I'm not giving off about the national minimum wage increase, but the UK are in a recession. There's talk of America going into recession. There's protests taking place in Shanghai and China at the moment, which is going to cause distribution problems. The stuff happening in Iran. There's a lot of global unsettlement at the moment. Well, see, unfortunately, no one has a crystal ball, <laughs> so nobody can tell you what's going to happen. But you always have a crystal ball for me when I come in with questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say you do have to have a focus point, so you do have to manage your future cash flow. Going back to staff, your business, the core of any business is your staff. Staff are so important to any business. Your staff are the ones who keep the clients. Your staff is the one who keeps the business running. Your staff are the one who makes you who you are. So they're very important. They're the core of any business. And then again, I suppose it's managing expectations, having a realistic view and looking forward. I mean, you can do cash flow projections and you can do them just for up to one year. And you can look at your creditors and you can see that you're paying maybe some subscriptions or some creditors that you don't, you don't need. So you cut them. I mean, you just cut them. You can always go back and get them if you really need them, if you feel like you do. But like there are things you can shop around for prices. Whatever sector you're in, you can go around to the businesses who do what you do in the same locality and see what prices they're charging. Now, it just takes time. It's market research and it's ensuring that uh, you do have enough cash flow to get you through the year. The debt warehousing scheme was extended. So that would be a help to businesses who are feeling the, the pinch. Another thing is debtors. Now, you know, some sectors are lucky, like restaurants and bars, in one sense that when they serve their product, they get paid straight away. But there's other sectors who will provide a service, but they might raise the invoice for 30 days and then they take might another 30 days to get paid. And I always say about debtors who don't pay, if you have debtors out there yourself and say there could be 100,000 and you can't get that back, you're effectively acting as a bank for that customer because you're aiding their cash flow while just aiding your own. So it's very important that you you have a tight hold on your debtors, that you invoice the work, that you send the invoice out, that you follow it up after 30 days. And if you don't get any response in 30 days, that you keep following following up. It's very important that you get that money in for your own business. What I find amusing is we would have some clients who would want something ASAP and you could be months waiting. For payment. Yeah. You could be in serious bother if you're not collecting debtors and next thing your cash flow has gone out of control and you have no money to keep going. But X, Y, Z owes you 50,000, 100,000, but you can't get it because the longer you leave it, the longer rope in the people's minds that they have. And they nearly think, well, they don't need it because they haven't contacted me for three months. So they might just need it now. So it's, it's a, and that's human. It's just a mindset thing that people have. So I think it's very important that you invoice for the work that's gone out and you chase it up after 30 days and you keep chasing it up. It's just really important that you get paid for the services that you offer. And it's all about valuing the service you offer. I mean, you always have to value yourself. That's one thing if I could go back to my 12 year old self, I'd always tell myself, value yourself more. It's really important that you understand that you are providing a valuable service and you are off value to somebody. They need you to trade they need you to be in business and it's knowing your worth and knowing that you did a really good job that you know you might have spent years qualifying to do this so going into 2023 what advice would you be giving businesses what should they be doing kind of come the end of december this year or early january of next year so it's funny most people look at january as a clean slate so my advice which i probably do myself is at the moment now i'm tidying up on debtors so we'll tidy them up and In January, we always devise a strategy for the year. In January, we have meetings with the staff. 
between us all, we devise a strategy for the year. And it's involving everyone as a teamwork. And then we put them strategies in place. We all discuss them and we put them in place and they're set in stone. Now, obviously, everything's subject to change, but that's what we do in January. And we forecast our cash flow. So we look at the work that's on. We forecast the fee income from that. We forecast the expenses and we'll do it for the year. I suppose it's coming in with the strategy, Joe, involving your staff in that strategy. So everyone knows, Joe, what are the values of your business? What are your mission statements? What do you want to achieve in 2023? And what your staff think? Do they think there's something? Because they're the ones hitting the ground running. So they see a lot. So do they see anything you could do better? Do they see anything you can change? And it's amazing if you work collectively as a team and the morale that comes with that, how much productivity increases and how great it is to come into work in an atmosphere like that and you enjoy it. And if you enjoy what you do, I mean, you're winning. And I think the better work environment you create, the better your business will do. I know when people are saying, oh, like for instance, oh, I need social media, but it's a huge cost. Or I need to employ X, Y, Z, but it's a huge cost. I don't look at them as costs. I look at them as investments. Because what you invest, you'll get back tenfold. Mm. That's the way I would look at them. So whenever I have something in front of me, a proposal, I always look at it and I say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost me. After 12 months, this is how much I'm going to make on it. And that's my aim. I love your clarity. For me, you're a formidable woman and that's a compliment. Where do you get your determination? I don't know. Probably, I think life experience is a lot to build you as the person you are. And I think people change over time. I mean, I think I've changed as a person now about four or five times at this stage. It's funny because I was having a conversation with myself, as I often do <laughs> recently. And I was saying, God, if I look back on what I was like 20 years ago, I don't think I would like myself. But it's important that you go through them changes. You have to be able to adapt to change and change people fear. But I always say change is good. If I look back on my life and everything that's happened, everything that's happened has brought me to where I'm meant to be. So I don't regret any of it. The big knocks are the ones that really change you oh, as a person. Oh, the big knocks are the, are the ones that make you. Yeah. If life was so easy and everyone's tipping along and they're happy out, so what would you learn? Mm. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. So that's where I think I get my determination. I'm just—I think I've always been determined, just in different aspects of my life would have been determined in different things. But yeah, I've always been motivated and determined. You could probably write a book about your life. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly a bit young yet. I might see what happens in the next ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So looking back on you know, 2021 is a trading year for companies and you have an idea of how people have done really this year, 2022. Should we be confident moving into 2023 or should we be cautious? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, I think entrepreneurs naturally take risks. Some entrepreneurs take big, bigger risks than others, but I don't think you can be an entrepreneur if you take no risk. There's risk associated with everything and you'll never get through life without taking risks. And I think they are important to take. And if you fail, you learn. So it's better than taking the risk and failing, then always thinking, God, if I had done that. And there will be risk you take that will pay off and you'll be delighted that you took that risk. I think be conservative, do your cash flows. It, again, it depends on which sector. Some sectors are booming, some sectors aren't. So you'd have to sit down and you'd have to see, do you know what's on the forecast for this year? Do you know, this is what I did last year. Then you compare it to this year. You forecast your income. And then, you know, if you need to cut payments, you will cut payments. Or you might say, God, I've so much work on, I need to hire a staff. And you'll hire a staff. It's basically taking a conservative, practical, like it's not hard. It's a practical approach. These are my, I always start with your costs if you're, cash, if you're doing a cash flow What's it going to cost you every month? So you have your costs every month. So if you're going to make a profit, your sales need to be more than your costs. 
it's like it's not rocket science it's just been very very practical very very conservative and you can always stress test it by 20%, 30% in a worst case scenario. And you should be breaking even or more. Yeah, and what I've noticed recently as well, it always kind of crops up towards the end of the year, is the people coming to us looking for marketing services. One, they're looking to scale or grow in a certain area. Two, their sales are dropping a little bit, so they know that they need to kind of get the message out there more and, and grow their online presence mostly. And thirdly, it's those who are just on the verge of just closure. Uh, and often for me, I think it's too late at that stage to open up marketing opportunities for yourselves. But when does one know that it's time to just pull down the shutter permanently? I think one knows, but one maybe doesn't address the fact that they know. It's very easy to bury your head in the sand, but the earlier you catch it, the better. And look, if you do need to close, it's not failing. It's just, this doesn't work out. Just like I would say, this just isn't for you. Like say, if my practice closed down tomorrow, I would tell myself, this just wasn't your, your path. Go on and do something else. It's always acceptance. Accepting that, you know, okay, I tried and I'm failing, but I did put my best into it. But I think trends don't last forever either. You know, there could be something really popular and everyone wants to veil of it. And that industry could last 20, 25 years. That's when you adapt within your business. That's where the entrepreneurs are set apart. So it's not, I have one product and I'm going to do this 25 years until it runs out. It's, I have one product. Okay, where's my next product? Where's my next product? How do I adapt to this? Oh, look, that's happening over there in China or that's happening over there in New Zealand. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I mean, you see there in the papers this week, it's a really good idea. And I think it originated in, God, I can't remember. I think it was like China, but it fell in the UK putting stories on graves, like voice stories. Oh yeah, with the QR code. Yeah. Yeah, with the QR code. Now we might think, oh my God, that's going to last forever. But you know what? It won't because somebody else will come along and do something better. So you have to adapt. You can't just say, I'm going to do that and that's that's it. Do that and then what can make this product better? Do you know what can I do to improve it? Flip it around then. What have Kiowa Accountancy Group done themselves in the last couple of years, we'll say, to keep adapting to improving the business and being relevant Yes, in the past three years, I suppose 2020 was COVID. So I think that year just took itself on its own. (laughs) I think that was just surviving more than anything else. And we were flat to the mat. I mean, the amount of queries and obviously, like, you know, people worried about their businesses and the subsidies and the revenue. And yeah, it was just a manic year. And then when that settled, we started to look at what can we do? So as I always said, I'd like to do something that would set me apart from my competitors. To make us unique, I just didn't want to be an accountancy practice. You know, we wanted to be something more because we're all about adding value. What can we do to add value to the clients? So we started doing the social media first, the posts on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, very informative posts. Social media, what you're putting up was giving like free advice to people. Yeah, yeah whoever uh, was following us or if they were dipping in and out of our accounts. Yeah, it's just to make people aware. If they're your client or not, it's it's irrelevant. You always want people to know what they're entitled to and to make them aware of what's out there for them. Because you could have money there sitting out belonging to you and you wouldn't know about it. So regardless if they're a client or not, you want everyone to be able to access the information. Some people can't maybe access accounting for their own financial reasons or for other reasons, you know. So it's good to be able to help people outside of your client base who they have helped because they've mentioned it to me a few times. 
And then we started doing podcasts, which really seemed to take off. You said to me before, even with the podcast, that you've noticed people coming to your your door looking to do business with you simply from listening to a podcast. Simply listening to the podcast, yeah. No, you look at it from the inside out. So you make sure that everything going from the internally is working properly. Systems are in place. Processes are in place. There are so many systems and processes in accountancy practice. So it does take time to get them rigid. And once you get them in place, then you can go outside like we did and look at the social media. How can I help people? You know, how can I give them information? Yeah, great. It's a bonus if it draws them in, which it does. But again, that's my investment and my return. So it's about always working on your business. You always have to work on your business. Every single Saturday day, you're working on your business. I mean, there's no days off. There's no evenings off. There's no mornings off. You're just constantly working on your business to make sure that you get through the bad times and then you can enjoy the good times, but also work that bit harder. Your dad passed away. I was 12 and dad passed away. So do you remember growing up seeing your dad work and working all the time? Yeah. So dad established Kyo Accountancy Group in late 70s, early 80s. And um, there's actually a picture of us in the sitting room. I was about six and he was sitting down. But back then it was like paper. There was no technology like, yeah, so he used to be at home. He used to drop us to school and used to go to the office in the evenings. He used to collect me at lunchtime because I was the one who was finished at half two. And he used to drop me home and go back to the office. Then he'd come back in the evening and he'd sit down in the dining room and he'd be working. He would be constantly working, but he'd have us sitting with him. But he would be working, yeah. And maybe that's why I'm so determined because I grew up in that kind of environment where I always saw my father at work and my mother worked every day going to school. She was a teacher and I used to see him working on Saturday evenings, but he'd always make time for family as well. So it was a, it was a good balance and I think I have that balance as well. Yeah, because congratulations, since we spoke last on Gary Talks, you are, of course, in series one, you became a mummy again. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I did a little baby girl in March. Excellent. She's so, eight months now. Yes. So two girls. Two girls now. Yeah. And I think if I'm honest, I think it's easier for a fella if a newborn comes into the house. Yeah. I think it's a lot tougher on the mother and especially if the mother is self-employed yeah. and, and running their own business. So how did you balance all that? Because you're a workaholic and you weren't <laughs> taking nine months off. No, <laughs> no. I don't think I thought about it. I just do. And when it comes to work, if I have to do something, I just do. And I manage, uh, you know, I won't sit there and think about it. I'll just do it. So when she was born, obviously the newborn stage, they sleep a lot. So at that stage for the first six weeks, it was actually very doable. It's when they start moving and waking up for longer. But just your nap times and stuff, you know, and clients were great. They understood and they accommodated their time around me. And then if I get up the office one or two days a week just to hold meetings, I would. And, you know, it worked out. It worked out well. I didn't find it tough. I think I just, again, I don't think about things like that. I just do them and I'm happy to do them. And I got the best out of both worlds. You know, I got my time off and I also was involved in the business while I was on my time off. So it's probably a balance that I need myself to keep going, to keep the brain ticking. Because you're one of those people I envy as well who actually has a good morning routine. Yeah. So you don't get up in the morning, grab a coffee and no. jump in the car. I get up at around maybe half six and I go straight downstairs and have a coffee and then I'll go up to the room and I'll read and then I'll do meditation and then I'll do yoga or a hit workout. And I'll have all that done by seven, quarter past seven, half seven, sorry. So what would you read? Um, just read general books like the, um, I'd read, say, if I was reading a book, like a chapter of 101 Essays of Sayings, or there's um, 
book me at the moment good vibes good life or the game changer formula just books oh, like yeah. that yeah for got to do with business and but also with personal life and how to balance stuff so yeah i've learned a lot from reading books <laughs> and it's just that thing of guaranteeing yourself at least 15 minutes of reading time per day 15 minutes of exercise five days a week i don't do it saturdays and sundays but i will do it monday to friday but then you play hockey anyways during the week don't yeah. you yeah yeah but it sets you up for your day like I didn't start that till about two years ago and I'm so glad I did because it really sets you up for the day and any problems that come my way, I'm calm. <laughs> do you know, I've calmed myself in the morning. Like there could be 10 problems a day, but it's fine. And do you check the phone when you wake up in the morning? Yeah, okay. I have to get, I didn't, it, my phone's on dinner stir, but I do check it just because I'm always conscious if a client emails, do they need something ASAP or can it wait till I get into the office? And that's probably the only thing I check is my, is my work emails first thing in the morning. Not a great thing to do, but I do do it. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So have you a big goal in mind for 2023? My big goal for 2023 is to really grow the business and expand, to learn ways how I can add value to businesses and to implement them into our business so that we can give that added value to the clients. As I always said, we don't just want to be an accountant. We want to be there. We want to be advisors. We want to be someone you can rely on that you can trust. We want to add value to you and your business. And the success of our business depends on the success of our clients. Not only because of that, because I love to see people do well. <laughs> I mean, I do. And I love helping people solve their problems. And I love getting them to where they want to be. I just get satisfaction. That's my job satisfaction is watching people grow their business and making something of themselves. And, and I love watching that. I love people watching people grow and see how far they have come when I look back from five years ago to where they are today. And I just go, wow, that's just brilliant. Well, I never thought when I walked in your drawer 10 years ago, that I would be 10 years in business and that I would have gone from a sole trader to a, a limited company. Yeah, It's uh, great to see. Do you know what it is? Because you, like, I think it's always a thing where no matter your own personal circumstances, you should never compare yourself to anybody. And I always like, I think it's great when people do well. And I love when people do well. Now, because you know yourself, people are going to have their bad times and their good times. So when they're overall they do well, it's just, it's just great to see. Yeah. And I have to be honest, like I had no real idea what I was doing that's the beauty of it. When I was see. starting, I just yeah. knew I wanted to do something. But you adapted and you grew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're seeing the market change and you're seeing, oh, I'm good at this thing or people want more of this service from me. And some people say that they'll go into business and they know exactly what they want to do, who they're delivering it for. And that's it. But plans are great and you should have them, but you also should be able to adapt around them because like you plan to go for a walk even and that's hard. That plan might not go to plan. <laughs> <laughs> so Do you know? So plans are great. I've been planning to go to the gym for the last six months. and <laughs> haven't been there yet. <laughs> it's definitely not a linear process anyways for no, me. No, it's not. That's why plans are great, but you also have to be open to adoption. And like you could have your day planned and 10 o'clock in the morning, something comes on, something happens or something goes wrong or something goes right and your whole day is thrown. And you have to be able to that type of person to adapt to that and not get overwhelmed by it and go, oh, okay, well, that's it. That, that's my day changed. It's just acceptance. Excellent. Well, look, anyone who's looking at starting up a business, I advise you strongly to get in touch with Kyo Accountancy Group because they really do support you all the way through and are there for you as you're growing and scaling. And if you're in business already and if you're not happy with your accountant, as I have experienced in the past, uh, do get in touch with them as well. And there's loads of free nuggets of advice and wisdom that you can catch by listening to Emily's podcast, which is called CAG Making Money Move. Emily, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Gary, for having me. 
Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Gary Talks. And thanks again to Emily for participating in another episode. And if you want to find out more information about Kyo Accountancy Group, you can head over to their website, accountancygalway.com. If you want to reach out to me personally and get in touch, you can contact me via Instagram at Gary Talks. And we are also on LinkedIn and TikTok. Again, if there are any areas you would like us to cover or any contributors you want to nominate for the show, please do get in touch. I'll be back again on Friday for a special bonus episode of Business Bites. Until I talk to you next time, thank you for listening and take care. Music